0: It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block and across the world with award winning journalist, author, speaker educator and host Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts and just this past year the Cat Writers Association awarded Arden the coveted President's Award given exclusively to the best of the best. Arden is driven to live her motto bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snug up with your favorite fur baby because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's four-legged life life,
1: life, life, life. pause up pet pals welcome to Arden Moore's four-legged life show I'm your host Arden Moore now on today's show we will be tackling the very weighty issue facing our dogs And later in the show, we're going to spotlight the growing sport of dog agility. But first up, did you know that there is a real science to helping your dog safely shed extra pounds? Our first guest today has the scientific know-how and the studies to prove it. And he's created a yummy healthy chew for our dogs. Please welcome to our show, this is a fancy title, the chief scientific officer and founder of CERT that's N-U-S-I-R-T, oh my gosh, biopharma, Dr. Michael Zemmel. Dr. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, Art. pleasure to be here. (laughs) Hey, um, Pet Pals, he's gonna help us because nearly half of all dogs in America, raise a paw, are overweight or even worse, obese. And let's just tee it up right now, Dr. Michael. What are some of the health dangers facing our dogs who maybe have more waddle than wiggle or look like hairy ottomans?
2: (laughs) Uh, What a a great question. It it is pretty much the same set of concerns that afflict us humans uh, because dogs aren't in this on their own. They're following, they're following us. And so with increasing degrees of overweight, there is an increased risk of cardiovascular disease, uh, of diabetes, uh, of uh, several kinds of cancers. Some of which are really quite prevalent in dogs as they age. Um, uh, Weight, higher weight, higher body fat makes it worse. Uh, There's also concern, you know, many breeds of dogs, especially larger breeds, tend to have orthopedic issues. So Um, the big A
1: word, arthritis, right? And joint pain?
2: That's exactly right. And it is only made worse by having more to carry around. And so you get into this vicious cycle. Uh, It hurts to get up and move. So you get up and move less. So you're burning fewer calories. So you pack on a little more body fat because your appetite hasn't changed.
1: I think we're on a mission to get rid of this from the dictionary, chow hounds. Yeah. <laughs> but come exactly. on, you got to admit, Dr. Michael, they look at us like, you're going to eat that? Come on, I'll take a little of that. Right? They work us. and
2: They do. And as our diet quality has declined, so is theirs.
1: That's right. So... I named your company, and it's a mouthful, New cert Biopharma. For us mere mortals, what the exactly do you do? Okay.
2: So New cert is actually a pharmaceutical company developing novel, developing novel drugs for application in human beings, not in pets. Um, the product that we'll be talking about, was actually originally developed for humans. Uh, And this is one of those cases where uh, not a mouse, not a rat, but the human being was the model for developing something in the dog. Um, uh, uh, And we actually have developed uh, both pharmaceutical formulations, as well as a smaller number of nutraceutical or dietary supplement
1: formulations. Okay, so before we mention the secret word, which we're going to do that, people also want to know a little bit about you. Um, You've been in the world of academia, um, and you're making my brain hurt. Uh, You've studied molecular and cellular um, studies on energy, uh, metabolism. I mean, when you were on a swing set as a little boy, did you say, when I grow up, I'm going to be a molecular... (laughs) Professor, what was your, what was your wish and how did you get there?
2: So that's a wonderful question too. Uh, and you know, uh, those of you looking on video can see that I've got a, light, a lot of white hair. So it means <laughs> you're asking me to, uh, uh, to think back a long time ago. I don't know what I was thinking about when I was on a swing some many decades ago, but what I can tell you is I always had an abiding interest in science and always had the sense that I wanted to do something in science. Uh, As I got a little older, uh, that science became biomedical. uh, And as I got a little older, it became more medical. Um, uh, I have uh, spent my career uh, uh, in endocrinology, metabolism, and nutrition. um, And uh, uh, interested in both uh, nutritional approaches as well as pharmacological approaches to solve the big problems, the problems that are likely to, uh, if not kill us, uh, at least make our lives miserable.
1: Um, right. and, and-, we, and, and, and we have a secret weapon and that's our, our dogs who can make us um, release good hormones and, 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 and tone down the stress hormones um, Absolutely. I think you you have something like over two dozen U.S. patents. I'm not talking uh, shoes, but I'm talking about patents. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I I, I don't want to be immodest, but it's probably closer to three dozen. But yes.
1: Wow. And what does that mean? I mean, do you, I mean? Can you give us a a tease on a, a patent that people might be like, well done, Dr. Michael Zemo. Well done. <laughs>
2: You know, I don't know that I can because each of these patents is related to discovery or development of a drug, which then goes into development. And by the, the time period between the development of a patent yeah. and you're seeing a drug is a decade and a half
1: How long would it grow on your beard? You have a beautiful white beard. So how many inches do you think it would translate?
2: (laughs) Oh, that's, that's, I I don't think this is getting any longer.
1: (laughs) Okay. I love it though. It's well done. Well, well trimmed. So we said we teased people. So we're done teasing people. Oh, good. Tell people what the heck is Slim Paws. And we got about a minute and a half before our break. I want to tell people about it. You just go to slimpaws.com. But you've got somebody here, everybody, that's a man of science. And tell us about Slim Paws.
2: So Slim Paws is designed to work with your dog's body to help shift the energy or calories that are coming in away from storage as fat in fat and instead shift to burning in muscle. I like that. It's not magic. No. And what I mean by that is it works best when you do something and then Slim Paws can, can put a multiplier on what you do. What do I mean by do something? Yes. Uh, yes. Increase the amount of walking your dog gets. Okay. Make sure that you don't overfeed your dog. I, I, now, note that I did not say put your dog on a diet.
1: No. Uh, measure, but, it's called measure your food. That's a really good thing to have a baseline, right?
2: Right. And that will have effects on its own, but this puts a major multiplier on those effects and uh, restores your dog's weight. Uh, you know, over, over a period of 12 weeks, an obese dog can lose a quarter to even a third of his or her body
1: weight. Wow. Hey everyone. We're speaking with Dr. Michael Zemmel. He is one of the people behind the creation of a, off too for pets it's called slim paws we're going to dive in and, uh, after the break and find out what beagles had to do with all of this and what are some of the results so everybody sit and stay we'll be right back
0: you need even more arden more we're online at fourleggedlife.com
1: Welcome back to uh, Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I'm Arden Moore. We're talking with a brainiac. Yeah, a good brainiac who loves dogs. Um, We have Dr. Michael Zemel here on the show. And sometime you did a clinical study. It was controlled. It was about a couple dozen beagles. And here's my Kevin Bacon for you, Dr. Michael. I know Dr. Joseph Bardis very, very well because I write the nutrition column for Catster and Dogster magazines. He used to be there. I know he's at the University of Georgia now. He was one of your uh, uh, teammates on the study, right? Correct. He's a good guy.
2: Uh, he actually led the study. Um, uh, we wanted to have an arms-length relationship. We did not want to conduct the study, so we wanted this conducted by a university. And right. uh, Joe was the person we we went to.
1: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about this. I guess there were three different groups, right, for the beagles? Yeah. So, you
2: know, as many of your listeners probably know, beagles are very susceptible to uh, the ills of diet. Um, uh, I had uh, I had a, a beagle some years ago, and it didn't matter what I did. Uh, she was really, really big and not in a good way. Um,
1: (laughs) I had a beagle growing up. The dog's name was Crackers, but she waddled and my dad would call her a pickle barrel. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They they are
2: prone to such things.
1: Yeah. So uh, what we
2: did, uh, and the reason for using beagles, very simply, is because they're more or less homogenous, yeah, if you just say, "Well, we're just going to take a bunch of different client-owned dogs," well, you might have one dog that is uh, really not susceptible to overweight at all, right. uh, and another that is horrifically susceptible to overweight. Uh, here we have a group of dogs that are all similarly susceptible, and so they were fed a diet that they really, really, really liked. Okay, and that diet caused them to, that that diet caused them to become obese. Okay. And they then got randomized into different groups. So one group went on a, a, basically a diet. Right.
1: Um,
2: A a dog food that is a reduced calorie dog food provided in limited quantity.
1: I don't want to be in that group. Go ahead, Dr. Michael.
2: (laughs) Second group received the supplement that we had developed for human use and actually was quite effective in humans. And this is the supplement that ultimately became Slim Balls.
1: Okay. It's the L word, right? Is that the L-E-U-C-I-N-E? That's the way that's that's spell leucine. Yes. Yes. yes, Leucine. (laughs) Well, leucine's
2: only part of it.
1: Okay. I don't Uh, want to overcomplicate, but keep going. Yeah, it, it,
2: it's a mixture of two nutrients, all, all natural. Two nutrients, one of which res- one of which reduces the ability of the fat cell to make and store fat, and the other one of which, the leucine that you just mentioned, helps shift that fat to muscle for burning.
1: Good. I, so, I need a bunch of that right now. Keep going. So one. <laughs> So one
2: group, one group of beagles got that instead of the instead of the diet, and the third group got an identical placebo. So basically, something that was inactive. Right. And so what happened was the group on the placebo remained obese after four weeks, after eight weeks, after twelve weeks, they remained obese. The group given the diet dog food um uh, lost weight, lost fat, and improved their body condition score and you know, but by, by quite a bit. The group that was given the active supplement matched them. So without exactly. being given the diet dog food.
1: Yeah, or so you could have cutting their calorie. Right.
2: Um they they matched them in terms of weight loss, body fat loss, improvement in body condition score. And if your listeners aren't familiar with body condition score, you might say overall shape and appearance, um, as well as improvement in some of the metabolic risk factors that are associated with being overweight. Those risk factors uh, include those related to insulin resistance, right? As well as those related to, to inflammation.
1: Yes. And that's a really key point. So you did the study, which I love because there's a lot of supplements out there, Dr. Zemo, and there's not a lot of science behind it. Let's just be candid. You're a brainiac. You do your research. Um, you talk about the ingredients in slim pause without sounding really like a commercial, but you say that it has a, uh, a fat fighter blend. That sounds like I should get a t-shirt uh, a it's patented. <laughs> so um, what's your take on your product? Cause you've put a lot of science behind it and how it may help pets. And I'm not trying to have you toot your own horn. I'm just trying to have people understand you didn't just sit in your basement and come up with something. There's been lots of studies, lots of things being examined and controlled context. So you just didn't churn this out overnight. Oh, no,
2: not at all. In fact, what we did, we started by, we we started with a theory, and the theory was based, you mentioned leucine earlier, which is an amino acid. And our theory was based primarily on leucine. And we spent a lot of time on how leucine would affect human fat cells and human muscle cells. And as we began to understand how it worked, we said, this is interesting science, but it's not enough to have a clinically important effect. How can we add to this? And so this is where we began looking for something that was naturally occurring that would affect not just the fat burning side, but also the fat synthesis side. The yes. yeah, that's side.
1: important. So imagine a
2: seesaw. Okay. You know, if you just, if it's evenly balanced and you put a small rock on one side, it'll tilt a little bit, but if you put a small rock on one side, the fat burning side, and then also lift off the weight from the other side, the fat storage side, then you're going to get a magnified effect. It's really going to tilt a lot. That was our goal, developing a synergy by simultaneously reducing fat storage and improving fat burning. Um,
1: now we've got about a minute left so slim paws is a soft chew for dogs right correct okay um, it's,
2: it's a treat um, you know the notion is you give this to your dog instead of another treat you might be that you might otherwise give give your dog i think it's important to remember that when you manage weight in a pet the best and this is true for people as well right the best evidence we have is that that is going to improve their health span. A, a pet with optimal weight will have a longer time spent in health and possibly longer total time with us.
1: I love that. Hey everyone, we're speaking with Dr. Michael Zemmel. He is the man that has created Slim Paws, slimpaws.com. So we're gonna go to weighty issues. And after the break, we're going to come back and talk about maybe how to pump up the exercise in your pet by talking with a world renowned dog agility trainer. So sit, stay, we'll be right back.
0: This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Have you missed any of today's episode? Well, stop chasing your tail. We post past episodes and full-length video versions of our guest interviews on our website, fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life.
3: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
1: Paws up, Pet Pals. Welcome to Four-Legged Life. I'm your host, Arden Moore, and we have a repeat guest extraordinaire. We have a professional dog trainer and a person who has boxers who are making history in the sport of dog agility. Please join me in giving pause and applause to Kara Armour. I'm so glad you got back on the show. I'm
3: so glad to be back. I always
1: love talking to you. There's just never enough time. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Hey, um, years ago, for any of you, I I had a couple of dogs that I humbly tried to do agility with. Never competitive. Always just practice rounds. And uh, I'll tell you, you can get in good shape. And it really does uh, pump up your communication with your pet. But I look pathetic compared to someone of uh, the level of our guest, Kara Armour. She not only with her team has won national acclaim, but she's also teaching it and to people of all different levels. So, Kara, let's do a little brag because you got some boxers to brag about. Can you tell us about this particular one, uh, Debbie? Because Debbie is like smoking. On the on in agility,
3: Debbie is amazing. Um, Debbie is the number one preferred boxer in AKC and agility, and she has been since 2018.
1: Wow, she Wait has she's had that title for four years. Yes, wow, and I'm and I'm laughing because any of you that see the YouTube broadcast, <laughs> um, Rusty the performer just jumped up, and you're going to see a little tail from the top of he's trying to tell visual. you he can do agility too. <laughs> yeah, <stop it. laughs> So what I mean, what does that mean? And that's a boxer. That's pretty awesome.
3: Right. She's also this. This is more impressive because out of all working breeds. So your Dobermans, your Rottweilers, your uh, Portuguese water dogs, all very agile dogs. She was the number one ranked out of all working dogs for two years. And for the past two years, she has been the number three all breed preferred agility dog. Oh, wait a that, dog. That's
1: a big wolf all we're talking the border collies and the australian shepherds who always seem be born with the agility gene correct she was the number three it, she actually followed a
3: sheltie and a maltese of all dogs Ooh. then debbie
1: i wonder what those border collies and aussies are saying when they see deb oh we got her <laughs> no <laughs> debbie's cons- debbie's claim to fame
3: has been consistency and she's recently, over the past few years, added speed. And that's because I finally developed into the handler she needed.
1: <laughs> so for folks that are new to agility and then others that are in the game, tell us why it's such a great sport for dogs and what, what got you into it? It's really multifaceted and, and multi leveled,
3: And what I mean by that is just to compare to say something like scent work, nose okay. work. The dog has to find source of scent, and then they have to tell the handler, the owner, the person that they found it. Now, there's a lot of environmental things to that, but it's really one job. Okay. With agility, you, the dog and the handler, the human have to communicate with each other while on the move, while obstacles are in the way, while challenges are presented. So, for example, if you come off a dog walk, which is that 12-inch ramp that goes up and comes down, and you see a tunnel in front of you, the dog may assume to take the tunnel. However, it might need to pull off to take a jump. And you have to communicate all of that. And what I have you get like most- GPS systems built in, <laughs> you get maps. Um, I always joke that Debbie can read numbers because sometimes <laughs> she's really just saved my hiney out there. Um, but really, it's just what I love about it is I always tell, you know, my my puppy pet clients all the way up to my advanced clients. We are a verbal species. They are more gesture based. Good. You're better off closing your mouth. Now, some people have amazing handling where they can just use verbals, and that is incredible training. I have a small mixture of both, but I am mostly gesture-based. Okay. I can tilt my shoulder in, which cues my dog to turn. Oh, okay. Right? If I have an open hand, it sends my dog out. If I have a closed hand, it brings my dog in. What if closed you hand sneeze, holds...
1: though? What does that mean?
3: <laughs> it can throw them out of the weed poles <laughs> for sure. <laughs> they go for that's, a clean-up spot. <laughs> That's where you have to proof because humans sneeze, they pull up their pants, they tie their shoe. They do all kinds of things. I actually lost a shoe in a competition once. It fell off. It fell off. You I have kept going with. though, right? I did keep going. You have to. Oh my God. So yeah, agility. I just really like it because you're exercising, you're running, you're running beside your best friend. Sometimes you're sending them ahead. Sometimes you're beside them. Sometimes you're ahead and you're communicating to, to take this course that was set by somebody else and you're being judged about your performance on it
1: so it's kind of like dancing with the stars only more athletic and and your dog is your partner it's dancing with the dogs 100 yeah. percent.
3: i do say to a lot of my students when you're learning some of the handling maneuvers yeah. there are things called side changes where the dog might be on your left side and you need them to get on your right okay. and so we have front cross rear cross blind cross <laughs> and when we're doing those I have people set their dogs aside and we just go out on the floor and it's like teaching a dance class.
1: Oh my God. So what the question I've had is I wish that here comes Rusty. Bye Rusty is how, you know, you go to so many different agility events and they have the the ring set up each time differently and you go to different obstacles at different times. So how do you clean, erase your slate, your brain, so that this is fresh new this is what this one is how do you do that because you've done a lot
3: practice makes perfect and i will not lie there are courses from five years ago i can still remember oh there's my gosh. From, well there's you courses from five minutes no there's courses from five minutes ago i can't remember okay <laughs> i'll go well, to class on monday and
1: my my instructor will say remember this from this weekend i'm like nope so how um, do you how do you help somebody focus in the the, the now and just that course and what goes when? So, really know yourself. Some
3: people are very visual. I'm, you know, some people can look at a map and understand lines, which is pathways. Mm-hmm. I, I'm more kind of physical. I need to go walk the course. The map is good to just let me know the general idea, but I need to walk the course and visualize my dog landing and my position. And I actually go out and I count the numbers and I say them out loud to myself because when you get adrenaline, your oh, brain, yeah. part of your brain shuts down. And so I, I
1: don't need to... adrenaline for my brain to shut down, but go ahead. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so I, I just have to practice muscle memory of really just memorizing where those numbers are and my positions on the course and where I visualize my dog landing okay. and their speed. And Do it's they not, actually right.
1: show the number on the course somewhere. Yes, we are allowed oh. to
3: have numbers on the I know, oh, I know that goodness. does make it much easier. That does so, make it easier. But some people can't see the some people's brains just they cannot see the numbers. They they memorize the the course path. So each person is a little bit different. Each team is a little bit different. But that's how I do it. It's it's muscle memory. Now, I do struggle at a two ring or bigger trial. You can have two, three or six or you can have six ring trials easily. Um, what, does I might that mean? Have have, what does that mean? So each ring is a competition space. Okay, And so you can have a jumpers ring, which is jumpers and weaves. You can have a standard ring, which is all the obstacles. It has the the dog walk, the table, the A-frame, and a bunch of jumps and tunnels. Mm -hmm. You can have um, different games. So each ring would have a different course. And Mm -hmm. if I'm running three dogs at once, I may have to memorize three courses in my head at once. i do not do well with that
1: (laughs) i I don't even do well (laughs) trying to comprehend what you just said i'm just i run out of brain space some of us get lost in the grocery aisle i mean so come on (laughs) you're you're doing it pretty well but you know it's working your brain it's working Mm -hmm. your body it's working your dog's brain your dog's body so um this is better than going to the gym it's also social Yeah. I have some of my greatest friends
3: are agility people and we're from all walks of life. You get to mix a whole bunch of people that all have one thing in common. We love dogs. So it's, it's, I really, the camaraderie is amazing. I would not have kept up with this sport if there weren't as many supportive people
1: in it that there are.
3: And there's different sports and they have different communities, but I will always speak highly of the agility community.
1: All right. We're speaking with Kara Armour on the subject A. for agility. We're going to learn more after we take this break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back.
0: This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Have you missed any of today's episode? Well, stop chasing your tail. We post past episodes and full-length video versions of our guest interviews on our website, fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Hey, welcome back oh come on we weren't gone that long were we this is arden moore's four-legged life
1: welcome back to four-legged life show i'm your host arden moore i didn't know there was so many aspects to agility and i know there's a lot of dog sports out there you talked about um dogs that do what do you call it sniff sniff trials or scent? so
3: it's scent work or nose work depending on the organization there's barn hunt there's lure coursing. There's dock diving. I could go on.
1: I love. I actually, I lived in California for a while. I love dock diving, seeing those dogs fly off the the ramp and into the water, but catching. Uh, and humbly, um, <clears throat> everyone, I had a twelve pound dog named Cleo, who was an original member of the SoCal Surf Dogs, and so I humbly was embarrassed every time because my dog could surf better than me. But agility has been around a long time. Is it one of the most popular sports, Akira? It is gaining popularity. So most dog activity started with
3: just confirmation and obedience. And confirmation is the the show dogs, you know, the Westminster Kennel Club we all think of. Yes. And then obedience, everything really stemmed from obedience. And agility started in Europe back in the 1970s, in the late 70s. It did not come over to the U.S., in akc until 1994 what yeah, i know all those previous dogs like wait a minute i know. You know it was and, that young yeah and it is based off of horse right horse jumping right they would have a oh. course yeah so it is based off of that it's it's a combination of that and obedience right Sits days come to heels just come to heel over a jump <laughs> so it's it's fabulous because it gets to use what your dog was built to do, right? If you take your dog for a hike in the woods, what do they do? They jump over logs, they weave between trees, they oh, they yeah. jump over a little stream, they do little hops and leaps, and they would go, go up over something that wasn't so sturdy, like a seesaw, you yep. know. So it it really mimics nature, except for we have one wonderful judge. She's from the south, and she says, "Now remember, it's just dogs jumping over plastic. It <laughs>
1: <laughs> took the fun out of it. Uh, no, but well, it, it keeps us it keeps us humble. Yeah, yeah and uh i'm i'm so scared to ask this next question because everybody who's on youtube there's some ribbons in the back go ahead turn your head a little bit so we can see them but lordy 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 that is not i mean um do you need to get a bigger house what's the deal with all the ribbons that your beautiful boxers have a a one where are they actually your wall looks pretty clean come on what'd you do
3: i can move and go into the dog room which would run out of wall space those are This is going to hurt some people. Those are just championship ribbons I've won in the past few months that I haven't hung on the wall. Oh, my gosh. And there's about 10 of them.
1: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, Are you a ribbon hoarder?
3: I am a ribbon hoarder. Um, I have a ribbon problem, for sure. (laughs) I have stopped taking a lot of ribbons, but championship ribbons and meaningful ribbons I will always take.
1: I'm looking in my art stand for all of you on the YouTube aspect and I have one thing hang on It is my president's award for the best of the best for um, cat writers association that I won this year and that's it <laughs> So I'm like well, that's okay um, so tell us the fact like some people maybe are not going to have uh you know be able to go to a lot of events and all that but for the folks that are you tell us your teaching side because not only are you very good in the sport but you are passing it on so tell us about um levels or what you can give them to give them tips on how to get in a class and and all that sure well i always
3: say to check with your local training facility and see if they have an agility class or some are doing Um, exposure to sports class, such as rally, which is kind of obedience and agility together. There's a lot of different opportunities, but under no circumstance do you need to attend a class with the the goal to compete? If that's your goal, fantastic. But there's recreational agility once a week, getting out and doing something fun with your dogs, especially as the summer heats up, find a building that has AC, you guys get to run around and have a blast. You get to learn communication with your dog, you get to watch your dog jump and enjoy obstacles. It's you know, it's not, I have all different levels. I have baby puppies that were on little wobble boards Aww. and we're getting used to the the world falling out from underneath us. But that's and good. That's good. You're teaching yeah, it's them good. how to it's different exercise. Correct. Correct. And then I have all the way up to, you know, advanced students that are, you know, competing at the levels that I am and, and they have goals and aspirations. So I think it's for anybody. It's for any dog any dog and human that likes it, and and I think there's, I've seen both. I've seen a, a skilled dog whose human just couldn't get into it, and that's fine. And I've seen humans that have
1: the drive and desire to do it, and the dogs just meh, the, didn't the like dogs it. Are sitting there going, you you go through the you go through yeah. the hoop, go go you go through the tunnel. I like to see you. Well, years ago I uh, had dog parties, and we would use tunnels. We called it the Tunnel of Love, and we had have competitions. So you would have to kiss your dog and then you both had to go through the tunnel and the time did not stop until the dog kissed you back and i say this because these were at dog parties i held the border collies went through fast but it always was a boxer or a bulldog that would waddle through or squeeze through and kiss their pet parent and they won because the boxer, the Border Collies were too busy going, what's next? What's next? No, I don't want to kiss you right now. Go, I was go. got to do things.
3: <laughs> the boxer would have definitely won that. Mine love to give a kiss. <laughs> I kiss them before each run. We, we give a little kiss.
1: So where do you see the future of the sport going? Where, what do you see in the next five, 10 years?
3: I do see growth. It is expanding um, with pet ownership, particularly dog ownership, up 200% since 2019. I oh. hope it grows the sake of enrichment and physical exercise for dogs and humans. I always tell people I would be much more overweight if it weren't for agility. Okay. It keeps me active. It gets me out. It gives me a reason to get up and go. And I think, again, whether you just do it recreationally, a class a week, or you have aspirations to compete, it's just fun. It's a lot of fun. So I see it expanding. Um, I encourage everybody. I'm not certain when the show will released, but there is the Westminster Agility Championship happening on June 18th. Okay. And so that's something that everybody can watch and really kind of see what we do and the fun we have. And you're going to see dogs that they're top level dogs, but they're going to get in that environment. And they're going to maybe run off and take the wrong obstacle or go <laughs> run into the crowd. Or And I guess it's OK. You've got to laugh,
1: right, because they're reading our energy and our emotional state so Don't don't be tough on your pets, right? Don't be tough on your dog. No, not at all. They didn't sign that entry form. You did. (laughs) And the best thing is at the end, they know when they do well. Well, how do you demonstrate it to like Debbie? What's going on? Debbie really actually gets
3: off on a crowd. She likes cheering. And the more people cheer, you can see her light up. She gets really excited because at the end of every run, she gets quite the the jackpot
1: of treats. Oh, she gets a
3: a lot of beef heart followed by a duck foot. Oh,
1: Uh, I'd like a double of that, please. (laughs) Hey, everybody. We're speaking with Kara Armour. How do people find out about you, Kara? Well, you can check my website. It's
3: getactivepaws.com. You can pretty much find me anywhere, particularly on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram, although not as good. But yeah, it's, you know, if you look up type agility boxer, you'll find (laughs) it. There you go. That makes it really easy. (laughs)
0: This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Have you missed any of today's episode? Well, stop chasing your tail. We post past episodes and full-length video versions of our guest interviews on our website, fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life.
1: Hey, pet pals. That's it for our show today. Big paws up to our two special guests, Dr. Michael Zemel and Kara Armour. Um... I also want to thank our wonderful sponsor Tevra, the makers of great pet products. I thank all of you for tuning in. I thank all the stations airing our show from coast to coast. You can subscribe fourleggedlife.com. Until next time, this is Arden Moore, saying to all you two, three and four leggers out there, pause up.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch full-length video versions of our guest interviews, our website is fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. And have a paw week.